Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, we want to welcome you back to our next edition of the Life Success Legacy Podcast. I'm Chris Bay, joined by the founder of Life Success Legacy and all-around golf fanatic, Mike oh. Everett. We are doing recording this podcast during what, Mike Everett? Uh, the Masters. What's oh. going on in the Masters right now? Well, I don't know. Oh, no. You, I, you... I, I, I've got to turn my TV completely off. That's what I've got to do. <laughs> so I told Chris and Michael earlier, I said, if you see my neck kind of like during the podcast, looking up and down over here, you'll know that there's something going on that I need to be paying attention to. So if I don't turn it off, I'm going to tell you, squirrel. <laughs> hey, we both got our, this was not planned, but we both have no. our Jayhawks on celebrating a, a national championship. Ready to go, Hawks. That was fun. Come on. Yep. Not bad. Yeah, we for, actually, uh, not, we stopped not, by Rally House last night and got our championship, national championship t-shirts. There you go. There you We're go. We're dressed for success now. <laughs> hey, for those of you who are listening on podcast, if, uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review and downloading uh, as you listen, that'd be fantastic. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and click on your notification so you get notified of future um, podcasts that are released. And if you don't want to do any of that, that's fine with us, too. We're still going to be here, right? <laughs> it does right. help us out if you do that, but, but if not, no worries. Hey, um, Mike, we're jumping into, in these podcasts, some of the questions that um, come up in our boot camps, our webinars, et cetera. And there are some that are just frequent flyers. They hit us over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And today, we're going to jump into one of those. And, and we've done one, a, a podcast on this topic in the past. Uh, been a while, been a couple of years, I think. At least. Because we started these podcasts back in 2016. So sometimes it's good to come circle back around and review some of them. Today, what we're going to address is a question that, that folks ask oftentimes, and that is, why do I not hear about this? Why, is, why isn't everybody doing this IBC thing, mm -hmm. right? And there's several reasons why that is and we're going to actually unpack each of those reasons for people okay this may be helpful to you as the listener some of the things that you may be asking as well and it may be when you talk to friends and family and coworkers, etc some of the questions that they bring up when they go well why aren't you contributing to your 401k like who would do that mm -hmm. right so a couple of the different um reasons that we talk about um, as to why not everybody is doing this is what? What's one that jumps out to you, Mike? Well, we just don't have enough guys like us who are authorized practitioners that will take the time uh, to educate, to uh, really dig into Nelson's book. Mm -hmm. um, they will not take the time and the energy and the wherewithal to just make themselves completely proficient at the infinite banking concept. So there's not enough of us. So, so there's a couple of examples with that. Uh, for example, if any of our listeners want to go to the Nelson Nash Institute and go to click on the button that says practitioner finder, mm -hmm. and you can click on a map that shows all the states of the United States, and you can actually click and see who is a practitioner in that state. 
Now that's gonna be broken into two categories. You're gonna see who actually lives in that state as a practitioner. Right. And then you're gonna see practitioners that maybe don't live in that state, but they do business in that state. For example, we do business in all states, United States, but we are based out of Kansas. Correct. Right. Yep. But if you click on some of these states, you'll see there's actually no IBC practitioners that live in that state. Or there's like one or two. Right. So it's challenging sometimes when people go out looking for infinite banking or they wonder, why have I not heard about this? Well, if they're not looking for it, there's a reason that they haven't found it. There aren't enough of us out there. That's right. That's it. That would be probably the number one reason right there. So the follow-up question then, Mike, that I have is, well, why are there not enough of us out there? Mm. Well, I'm going to step on a couple of toes here. So uh, here we go. Um, you know, when I first learned about infinite banking, and I'm going to go back 17 years now, um, there's, a, there's a couple of main reasons why, you know, most people don't want to take the time and the energy to study. I've already been doing this for all of my career. Why would I want to shift and, you know, spend once a month reading Nelson's book to learn to teach people about this? Um, so there's a lot of people out there that will not do this. Um, my presentation two years ago, at the think tank would be a great example. Um, I literally talked about the book and I started my presentation by saying, Hey, I need to get a, you know, kind of a poll in the, in the crowd. Now these are, this is at the think tank. This is at the national think tank where there is a bunch of us as infinite banking practitioners have gathered together to learn from each other. And I held this book up and I said, I need to know if everybody has read this. Could you just put your hand up if you've read it? 100% of the people in the room have read the book. And then all of a sudden I said, how many have read it 10 times? Half of the room's hands went down. How many have read it 20 times? half of that so we're down to 25 percent have read this thing 20 times mm -hmm. how many have read it 50 times and half of that group went down so now all of a sudden and there was about 100 i'm going to just say 100 give or take so we're talking about 10 to 12 to 15 people in that crowd had read becoming your own banker written by nelson nash in that room these were people just like you and me, Chris. Mm -hmm. And as you well know, I can get fairly emotional about certain things. And this would be one of them because I know what we as an organization have done in order to really get ourselves in a position to be able to teach infinite banking at a very, very high level. Um, I say this all the time. I tell people in the webinar, um, number one, uh, we take we take this infinite banking thing super seriously. Mm -hmm. And I have probably a little more than 10,000 hours of education in my IBC business. So 
I, if I've got somebody that wants to learn about this, then I better know what's going on inside that book. So I better have read it a couple of times. Well, I'm probably close to 500 right now. So I have a pretty good idea. So most of the people out there are absolutely not going to spend the time or the energy because they're on a track. They're not going to get off that track. Why in the world would this work? I don't know. I've read it. Seems like a great thing. But then, you know, there's other factors that come into play at that particular time, too. Yeah. And, and I, you know, our team is made up of all clients. And so yes. we're motivated to do, we left careers to teach this concept because we fell in love with it. Oh, man. I was out there as a, as a life insurance agent already. And I'm, you know, I've got my business rolling. It would be, I would imagine it would be very difficult to make this shift to doing IBC, especially exclusively. And I'm going to say this tongue in cheek, but, but I could do that and, and absolutely even reduce my commissions. Why would I not do that? <laughs> because we reduce our commissions because of the way we design the policies. And that's another reason why there aren't enough people teaching this. Can you unpack that a little bit as to why the, the commissions are reduced? Well, traditional life insurance guys sell usually one, two, maybe three products. They're going to sell term invest the difference. I mean, that's, that's pretty simple. Um, that's an easy sell. Most of the people that are involved in this particular industry are financial representatives. They've got to have their series license and they're not going to make as much on the term, but they're going to actually make more on their financial services side. Um, then you've got uh, the universal life product, which is a combination of term and the market and which is, I, I think it's completely suspect, but you know, there's people out there that are making a great living doing it. Not, you know what, have at it. Um, Nelson was against it. And you know what, if Nelson was against it, I'm against it. And then you have your traditional whole life guys that sell just traditional whole life insurance. These are guys that are willing to uh, take a client and help them understand the value of whole life. And there is giant value in whole life. But the difference that we have uh, understood is by helping people understand the design of the policy by reallocating the premiums inside the, the, the whole life product itself, not only creates a place where they can actually access cash against their life insurance policy, but it helps them pay down their debt much quicker. Now, that's where the education piece comes in. And most traditional guys are not going to take the time and the energy to do that. Um, I've sat down with some uh, traditional financial reps in a number of different companies. And I'm not going to just single out one particular company. When you share this kind of stuff with them, it's like a deer in headlights. And they look at you and they go, why in the world would you ever do this? I've actually gotten to a place where um, we've we've gotten a couple of these traditional financial reps down the road and their companies came back to them and said, 
you can't teach this to your clients uh, because we don't want them to know that they have access to this catch. So, you know, there's a number of different uh, just outliers that cause people a lot of financial people, life insurance people to not take the time and the energy to train themselves at the level that I believe that we have. And there's one more piece that I think about, and this is how, you know, I spend a lot of my time is supporting our existing clients. Oh, And, you know, if you think of a traditional life insurance policy, the, the agent sells the policy to you, you throw it in, you know, your safety deposit bank or wherever it is, your box, and you never hear from them. There's no need to hear from them. So no. they're just looking for the next commission, right? Yeah. Volume. For us, when we sell a policy to a client, that is just the beginning of the relationship. The very start. We, we spend hours and hours every single week in meetings with our existing clients, supporting them as they are utilizing their IBC system and navigating through the, the waters of yeah. life. So those are, those are several of the reasons. Um, there's not enough financial reps out there teaching this because it takes time and energy. They're not willing to put in that time and energy. Um, it reduces their commissions. They've got to spend time coaching people. So you can see, I mean, as I say those things out loud, Mike, it does kind of make you think, why in the world would anybody do this? <laughs> right? But there's well, more. Uh, there's another reason. Yeah. And that is because of what we hear all around us on the radio, <laughs> in TV, in podcasts, and all yep. what, Nelson, what Nelson called the noise, right? Yep. Another reason that everybody isn't doing this is because of the noise. Unpack that for us. Well, so the best way for me to do this is just my own personal experience. Um, you know, I remember getting my first real job um, out of college. And, you know, one of the very first things you do after, and they used to have like, like a 60 day grace period when you came to work with people. They don't do that anymore to a lot of businesses. Once you go to work for them, they, they, they meet with uh, the benefits person. So I had a 60 day grace and then I could meet with the benefits person to talk to them about the 401k and, and all the traditional things that we've been taught. And I thought this is what everybody else that I was working with was doing. And I thought, well, this just totally makes sense. I'm going to be able to put, you know, I think it was five or 6% at the time, and they're going to match a certain percentage of that. And they're going to put it away for me and they're going to hold on to it for the next, you know, 30 years for me. And I thought, well, why wouldn't everybody do this? So I was probably 32 or three years old when all of a sudden this started dawning on me that I'm going, hmm. I literally had turned 50 years old then, and I'm going to move quickly through this whole process. And obviously in a in a employment situation there's ups and downs there's goods and bads that happens in things and mm-hmm. you know we all go through this in fact almost a hundred percent of our clients have gone through this uh i'll call it a financial awakening where they go 
you know what? I'm putting money into my 401k. I'm putting money into my IRAs. I'm putting money into my mutual funds. But yet, why is it that I still have, you know, 21 or 22 years left on my mortgage? Why is it that I still have credit card debt? Why is it that I still have car loans and, and student loans out there? There has to be a better way. So we talk about all of these things that we've been taught as noise. And it, it truly is noise when you really start to get down to think about it. That's when I turned around and said, I read Nelson's book at age 50 and I thought, holy cow, if this really works, why wouldn't everybody do this? And this is really what we're talking about today. But yet for a few of our listeners who have not heard us before, or they're starting to kind of drift a little bit in their own IBC system, or maybe there's a financial rep that's actually listening to this right now. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some key questions that we always ask when we're listening to and talking to our clients. Um, number one, our income tax is going to go up or down. I'll let them decide this, but we probably know the answer to that question. Number two, um, the money that you have in your checking or savings account or under the mattress at home, is it worth more right now or is it worth more? tomorrow pretty easy answer there too at least it is for me well we and are experiencing you, a little bit of inflation here currently yeah just a tiny bit and the government's continuing okay. to print money and that does devalue the dollar yeah and number three when thinking of income taxes do we want to pay income taxes on the seed the little amount or do we want to pay income taxes on the harvest the big amount well i want to pay as little as i can but yet Think about this. We got taught to put our money over here and park it for 20, 30 years. And then 20 or 30 years from now, we get access to that money. Yeah. Let's see what's happened to taxes. Oh, they've gone up. Mm -hmm. What's happened to the value of the dollar? It's gone down. And you're going to have to start paying taxes on that money when you start accessing it. So those are truly worthless dollars. But yet, that's the noise that we have all believed. Meanwhile, someone else has control of your dollars. Oh, man. It is not guaranteed. It's at risk. And yeah. one of the biggest things is you're fighting the wind current. And that is all those dollars that are going Ooh. to post taxes going to the interest on our debt, which Nelson says in his research is about 34.5% yep. for average America. Yep. So that that leads me to um, <laughs> one of Nelson's principles, and this applies to us as consumers, as clients, as well as financial yep. representatives. Yep. All of us could benefit from Nelson's principle, which I think you know where I'm leading with this. Which principle would you say that is? Probably number five. Yeah, rethink your thinking. Yeah. You know... We as IBC representatives, as uh, authorized practitioners, we are also faced with all of these questions every day. Yeah. And so it is important that we as an organization, we continue to read 
and read <laughs> and read and read. We still try to educate ourselves so that we can be on the front end of continuing to think IBC all along. Because I'm telling you what, if we are not educating ourselves, if we are not growing, there is no way in the world that we're going to be able to stay on top of the growth and the education for our clients because they are coming back to us time and time again through client conversations, through coaching sessions, through additional uh, boot camps, and still bringing back some of the base questions mm. that we talked about even before they became a client. Well, you so know, we they're, want, they're learning spirals, right? And so right. we may have talked about something at this level, but now they're two, three years into their plan and right. now the same question resurfaces, but it looks just a little bit different now. Yeah, and, right. and really that's walking us through the four things that IBC does is, is eliminating outside debt rapidly. Yep. That's the first place we typically start is changing the wind current. But then we're looking at building a system that can finance everything in their life. Everything. Yeah. And then thirdly, a lot of times we're looking at financing passive income, right? Yep. Where work becomes yep. optional. And then, of course, there is the tax-free wealth transfer as well. So the questions they ask are spiraling in their life circumstances, but they're yep. also spiraling in and out of these different phases of applying IBC. That's right. Yeah. Mike, anything, anything else that you want to um, comment on as to why not everybody is doing IBC? You know, um, I think we've hit on it, you know, because I, I have a tendency then to kind of ramble on and to think, uh, I, I'm thinking mostly about, you know, most professions. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have doctors that we go to. We all have chiropractors we go to. We all have dentists that we go to. Now, in, in all reality, you know, are there good doctors and bad doctors? Are there good dentists and bad dentists? Are there good chiropractors and bad chiropractors? And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. So um, are there good IBC and not so good IBC people? And that's where I think that we have uh, taken the time and the energy to educate ourselves, to take the time and energy to educate our clients at a very, very, very high level. And then plus we offer this ongoing coaching at zero cost to our clients, which makes all the difference in the world as to why many, many of our clients choose us. Yes. Because there is a uh, um, relationship created and there is a trust that happens when you spend that kind of time and energy helping people understand the infinite banking concept at a high level. And that's what really mm -hmm. uh, feeds us, yeah. uh, you know, emotionally and uh, relationally, because we love, we love the relationships and we love the fact that we have the wherewithal to be able to invest time and energy in our clients. So I may have gone off a little bit there, but no, that's um, good. That's good. It's really where my heart is. Absolutely. Appreciate you sharing your heart on this. Mm. Um, 
Not everybody is doing IBC. I go back in my own personal life. I'd never even heard of, of, of IBC and learned yeah. about it from a parent at a, the school or I was a school principal and I'm forever grateful. And then connecting with you as my coach, um, it, it's changed our lives, you know, and it's going to change it my, my family's lives. And I've had the opportunity to impact the lives of many, many people now through yep. infinite yep. banking and teaching the concept. So to our listeners, um, those are some of the reasons why not everybody is doing IBC. Um, we, we do find that if, if our clients try to teach the concept to other people, it typically doesn't go very well. So um, <laughs> our recommendation, because it's hard, it's hard to explain and it hard is. to fight against it's very that noise. Hard. Our typical recommendation is um, have them reach out to us, join, go to our website, have them join a webinar, um, participate in a boot camp. Let them read Nelson's book. Give them a copy of that. Um, there's lots of different ways for people to learn. But what I would say is you may want it for them, but don't need it for them. If right. they're not open, um, you know, Nelson uses the term the arrival syndrome. Sometimes people just aren't, aren't open to, to nope. new ideas. And that's okay. What they're doing is fine. Um, don't need it for them. But if you do have somebody who's open, um, have those conversations with them, point us uh, towards life success and legacy. We'd be happy to uh, uh, explore their, their goals, what it is they want to accomplish and how we can support them towards those goals. All right. We'll let you get to the golf tournament, Mike. Thanks for joining in and to our <laughs> listeners. Until next time. Thanks.